Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. How crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Presented by the Milwaukee Admirals. Visit them at milwaukeeadmirals.com. Welcome in, Wendy's Big Show. It's not. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Live from the Lakeland University Studios. Offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, AR Adam Roberts, other side of the glass. Chris Monster, college basketball news. Uh, comes up here in about 15 minutes from right now. I'm going to pick his brain. Draft combine going on over the last several days. A lot of video coming out of how different guys are doing and looking down there. And wanted to start off uh, this show here before we get to him and just ask you a simple question. There's not a ton necessarily going on. Packers OTA is going on today. There's no media there, so there's really nothing to talk about uh, from that per se. Uh, Brewers headed to a West Coast trip, a big West Coast trip. Uh, Still waiting on news on Freddie Peralta's MRI, which we still do not have. If that happens, uh, we will definitely get you uh, those results as soon as it happens. Uh, But with this draft combine kind of on my mind, um, I, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit, if y'all don't mind, about the NBA draft. I saw a mock draft yesterday from CBS Sports. And I was like, oh, because if you know me, you know that I am always uh, looking at mock drafts. It could be amateur baseball mock drafts, which I've been doing quite a bit of. Uh, it could be NFL mock drafts, which I do quite a bit of from like mm, August uh, up until that draft the next year. Pretty much almost every day I'm looking at mock drafts. Uh, and NBA drafts, uh, definitely looking at NBA drafts. Now this year, you know, and other years uh, since they started trading n- number one draft picks uh, left and right, you know, you don't have your number one draft pick most years. I still look at mock drafts because I like the draft. Kind of see where everybody's projected to go and, and see what crappy teams are projected to get who and how much that could help them. But this year, the pack, the uh, Bucks actually do have a pick amazing as it is. And they pick and will pick number 24 uh, in the first round of the draft. So my question to you is quite simple. Do you want them to keep the pick and draft or not? Because there are a lot of people, I think, that don't want this pick. I think there are a lot of people that say trade the pick uh, for whatever, uh, a player, 
whatever the case may be, don't don't need the pick. Don't need a young guy to add to this team. Bucks haven't drafted well anyhow overall for the most part. Let's not even allow them the opportunity to screw up another pick. Last week, I was brought to my attention uh, by one person uh, about the fact that based on everything we're seeing, Patrick Baldwin Jr., is probably going to be there when they pick at 24, and would we take Patrick Baldwin Jr.? And now, as you look at mock drafts, I'm seeing him sliding out of the first round completely, or I'm seeing him going at the very end of the first round. Now, the one I'm looking at now in CBS Sports uh, is Patrick Baldwin Jr. going to the last pick uh, to the Oklahoma City Thunder in a deal uh, that was consummated before with the Phoenix Suns. So that's where they have him going is 30. 6'9", 220, long, can shoot a little bit, uh, great upside, as they like to say uh, in this little write-up. Questions about his quickness and health, but he's certainly worth a look, uh, is how they write it on CBS Sports. So Baldwin will be there at 24. So maybe that's something that you would consider. And I am not opposed to it necessarily. I think I would be open to doing that. Because when you're at 24 with this team right now, the other thing that comes up is, is this going to be about projection and building a potential star player that may fall to you? Is that what this is about? Is it about upside, right? Or is this about needing somebody to come in and play right now? That Dante DiFangenzo pick a couple years ago was about needing somebody to come in, play right now, and contribute off the bench for this team. That was a now pick. When John Hammond was here uh, as general manager of the Milwaukee Bucks, those were always future picks. Brandon Jennings, future pick. Larry Sanders, future pick. Giannis, future pick. It was, as John would tell us, and Billy McKinney, his right-hand guy, trying to swing for the fences, get the guy with the most upside that had the best chance uh, of being a superstar and hoping Eventually, one of them you would hit. And that one guy would be that superstar type player. And eventually got it with Giannis. So now with the Bucks, are you in that same position for different reasons? Back then, you were in that position because you had no other choice. You weren't good enough to attract free agents to come play in Milwaukee which John Hammond back then fully admitted was not going to happen, that there's nobody going to come here to play uh, that's a superstar player. So the only way you're going to get one was through the draft. Here and now, things are different for this Bucks organization. Now you're in a situation where you got a bunch of old dudes sitting on your bench, and that is the way of the NBA, right? You have old dudes on your bench that fill out your bench, guys that have been in the playoffs, been through the battles, so forth. I... uh. I, I'm kind of leaning towards I'm okay with going for a younger player that's got high upside and letting that player develop for a couple of years without needing anything of significance out of that player right away in the first couple of years. Still building the bench with old guys, but at the end of the bench or maybe getting some G League time so they get some run is that player I take in the first round. I think I'm okay with that. I don't think I need them to draft uh, for a guy that's going to play right away. So that's the case of Power Truck Baldwin Jr. falling in the first round. I am going somewhere, so hang in there with me. The one player 
that they had the Bucks taking at 24 in this mock draft is a guy that I, I think, I might be wrong based on the person that wrote this article on CBS Sports, I think is a lottery pick. This person here, I should probably get this person's name, um, from CBS Sports, is David Cobb. I don't know who that is. Um, he doesn't have said player going in the lottery. He's got said player falling all the way to the Bucks. Said player's name? Johnny Davis. You're Wisconsin Badgers. Now, now again, th- this here is a guy that is both, kind of, right? Still a relatively younger player with a bunch of upside, but far more ready to contribute now, more so than, say, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Uh, at this moment in time. This is what the write-up says on Johnny Davis falling to 24 to the Bucks. Uh, his 30.6% three-point shooting mark as a sophomore might scare some scouts, but Davis basically ran the show for a Wisconsin team not exactly known for having a modern offensive philosophy. And the right system, Davis will shine as a two-way talent because of his defensive tenacity and bucket-getting prowess. Over time, he'll need to trade some of his mid-range attempts for three-point shots if he wants to fit into the modern NBA as an off-ball guard. Again, 6'5", about a buck ninety-five. I am all good with that pick if that is what they want to do. And I'm so all right with this pick, I think I'd play him right away. I think I'd start him. I don't. I don't have any qualms about that whatsoever. I think he'd be on the floor immediately with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton uh, at guard and small forward. He'd be my shooting guard going forward, and he's going to develop on the floor with those other two guys, with Giannis and with Brooke Lopez, if that's what you decide to do. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. I don't think I want him off the bench looking at him for instant offense necessarily off the bench because he's not a shooter. Right, I mean, he's not a guy that's gonna come out there and knock down four or five threes and get that momentum going back in your in your favor. So I don't think I want to do that, but I do like the idea uh, of him uh, being another offensive problem uh, for guys on that floor. So I love the Johnny Davis idea if, if indeed, uh, it falls to him because he wouldn't be the centerpiece of the offense at Wisconsin in the second half of the year. Johnny Davis fell off. And part of the reason Johnny Davis fell off was because after the first half of the year, everybody around the country said, huh, National Basketball Player of the Year, huh? All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to gear our defense to stop you. We'll see why you do that. And it slowed Johnny Davis down quite a bit. So now he's going to get fortunate enough if it were to play out this way. Again, I think he's a lottery big. But if he were to fall to 24, now he gets to play with three All-Stars. There's no chance they're game planning for Johnny Davis. He's going to get a lot of beat your guy and go get yourself a basket moments or wide open shooting attempts uh, as well. So I I love, just love the Johnny Davis idea if he were to fall uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks there uh, at 24. What about you, AR? It's just so crazy to look at the, I've, I'm looking at the same mock that you are, and I've also got two uh, other CBS mocks from Gary Parish and Kyle Boone. Gary Parish is good. Dude. We can get him on. And just seeing the difference. I mean, eight to New Orleans for Gary and then 14 to Cleveland, both teams that you know if they get him, he's going on the floor right away. He could be a featured player for both of those teams right off the bat. For sure. Maybe not as much in New Orleans. 
because they do have guys who are ready to plug in and they just were never able to put it together even at the end of the year. I don't know, man. If I'm Johnny Davis, I would love to play Milwaukee because there's literally no no pressure whatsoever. You're playing with a guard that's not a me, me, me guy that's completely comfortable dishing and getting everybody else involved. Now, again, you could say, but Sparky, he was playing one-on-one basketball and not passing the basketball in the playoffs. Right, because Middleton got hurt. And in all fairness, he didn't have a lot around him to give the ball to that were going to hit shots, right? So he had to take more of the burden on himself to Drew Holiday in order to to get accomplished what he was trying to get accomplished, and that is score enough points to win this game with Giannis. But more times than not, when it's him, Milton, and Giannis, Drew Holiday is sharing the basketball, running the offense, gets his from time to time, but it's not it's not Russell Westbrook, right? It's not a me, me, me thing. So for me, there's no pressure on Johnny Davis, none whatsoever. He can develop at his own rate. The only way Johnny Davis loses that job is if defensively, He's lost and not doing his job. But providing he can play a semblance of defense and be somewhat assignment sure, unlike Jordan Moore, if he can do that, he should be able to stay on the court. Yeah, we're talking about defensive liability. <laughs> I mean, Nawara, that's probably the Webster definition of a defensive liability. He not only was a defensive liability when he played the previous year, and that's what he worked on in the offseason, but then he became a black hole. He got the ball and never passed it back out and was just shooting everything because he never got on the floor. Now, that's a guy I could see getting moved this offseason in some type of trade, right? I could see Jordan Wara in 24, like let's say that's the deal, going somewhere for a vet to add to your bench if that's what they decide to do. The other part of this process, and I was looking through, there are not a lot of big dudes in this draft, man. I mean, you start talking about looking for seven-footers, good luck. I mean, there's just not much to pick from because in reality – when you start having the conversation about what you want, I would love a project center to build behind Brooke Lopez, right? A guy that'll be ready in two or three years that can be that guy. Now, there's talk that Mobamba is going to get cut by the Orlando Magic. They take Chad Holmgren or whatever, uh, or uh, moved on from, not cut, but l- let him go. I think he's a restricted free agent. And that very well may be what happens. So maybe that's an opportunity Um to go get him to put behind Brooke Lopez, but they need some size. And just looking at this draft, uh, Jalen Duran from Memphis, 6'11", he's going 17. Uh, Mark Williams, center from Duke, 7-footer, he's going 15. There are no 7-footers after 17. It's 6'6", 6'6", 6'2", 6'8", 6'4", and then Baldwin Jr. is the tallest at 6'9". I mean, there are no centers unless one of those two guys I mentioned falls to you at 24. And therefore, the better opportunity, obviously, is just drafting what's there. Best player available, whether that be a shooting guard or a small forward to play behind Middleton, or the small forward starts and Middleton becomes your starting two guard again. I, for one, like him at the three more than I like him at the two. But he's played the two in his career, and I'd be okay with that if that's what they decided to do. We'll see what Chris Monter says. College basketball news. Get his thoughts on Patrick Baldwin Jr. and how he looked uh, down at the combine. Get his thoughts on Johnny Davis as well and the Milwaukee Bucks pick at 24. That's all coming up next. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Game three of the playoffs Wednesday night at Panther Arena. 
Uh, things did not go well in Chicago. They're down two games to zero. They need your help on Wednesday night. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com to get your tickets for as inexpensive as $10. Again, MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Get your tickets for the game Wednesday night. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University studios. See Sparky Pfeiffer along with our guy A.R. Adam Roberts, executive producer on the side of the glass, brought to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Again, playoff tickets on sale for Wednesday's game against the Wolves. Admirals lose both in Chicago over the weekend. Gotta have game three in a best of five series. If they win game three, game four would be on Friday night, this coming Friday night. So three is Wednesday. Those tickets on sale now. MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Tickets uh, for as low as $10 if you get your tickets today at MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Joining us now is Chris Monter. Uh, follow him on Twitter at CollegeBBNews. Of course, CollegeBasketballNews.com. Chris, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Great to be back with you. How are you today? Doing good. Just talking a little uh, NBA draft because uh, I just love talking about the NBA draft mainly. That's the reason why I'm doing it. Uh, and obviously the combine uh, happening in the last uh, several days. One of those guys that was there that uh, people have interest from around here because played for his dad for uh, the Milwaukee Panthers. And of course, that's Patrick Baldwin Jr., who, like in high school, had the same issue in college of not being able to. Uh, to stay healthy for his one year. I think going into last year, he was probably projected as a lottery after last year. Now I'm seeing a lot of Max having him uh, at the end of the first round, early second round. I said last week that if I was recommending him one way or the other, I think I'd tell him to go back to school for one more year, try and stay healthy uh, and do something with it because being a second round pick without guaranteed, without a guaranteed contract versus being a first round pick, Duels are two totally different things, and if things go haywire and you fall out of the first, you may regret that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think a lot of players, you know, go into the mindset when they enter college that they're kind of going to be a one and done, and no matter what right. happens, I feel like sometimes those kids, that's all they've been thinking about. You know, maybe they weren't taking school as seriously, maybe as they would have if they knew they were going to be a four-year guy. So I think sometimes you do see kids put their name in where, to be honest, like you said, I think another year would definitely – you know, I think benefit him. Obviously, he would probably end up at a different school and things like that. So that would be a, a factor as well. But you're right, a very talented player, but people are going to look at the injuries. He played two years his senior year at high school after an outstanding junior year, was Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Wisconsin. And this year, unfortunately, you know, played only 11 games. I know we had talked after he had signed, and, you know, there was a lot of optimism with the program. And yep. Unfortunately, that didn't happen with, you know, him being hurt. Uh, some other injuries that the team had, and of course, they can coach Baldwin losing his job. So you're looking at a very talented player, but you're right. People are going to have some question marks because of all the injuries he's had in a you know, 30-game uh, college season. You know, you play 11 games, what's going to happen when you're playing the NBA, when you're playing you know, three, maybe four games a week, uh, 82-game schedule? But when we talk about players in the NBA draft, more so than – uh, football for certain. Baseball, you have a farm system, so I guess that, that's a whole different animal all beyond itself. But it is really all about upside in basketball. And coming out after your first year, you're looked at differently than if you're coming out after your senior year. You know, if, if he had played four years and was hurt three of the four years, he probably would either be not drafted or middle to late second round. But because it's only one year and people see a huge upside with him, that's what allows him probably to still be a first-round pick. Yeah, definitely. And it, it is funny that, you know, you're looking at a kid who's 21, 22, 
maybe 23 as being almost too old. Yep. You know, I was, that's funny because I look at you know, a lot of the players, if you look at the transactions, a lot of the players who were even first-round picks spent a decent amount of time in the, the G League getting more experience because they weren't really ready, where a lot of times you get a player like a Peyton Pritchard, I think is a good example, a player you guys saw a lot in the postseason with the Boston Celtics. He played, you know, four years at a very high level in the Pac-12, played 140 college games, and was maybe more ready to step in. You mentioned some second-rounders, you know. Wesley Matthews of Marquette has had a very productive NBA career, made a lot more money than a lot of first-rounders because he was be able, was able to be a free agent earlier in his career than some of the other players. You look at Draymond Green with Golden State, you know, Gilbert Arenas. You know, there's been some very successful second-round picks, but you're right. You know, if you're a first-round pick, I think, the feeling is teams have a little bit more of a commitment level to you because you're getting guaranteed money where, you know, a second round player isn't always fully guaranteed. So you have a little bit more commitment with that first round. Uh, but I always feel like if you find the right spot, that's, that's what you really want. If you go to a team that has, you know, 13, 14 guys with guaranteed contracts, it's going to be tough for you where if you find a team that maybe needs a player at your position or a team that's going through a rebuilding process. And I think, Oklahoma City, which is a team that was mentioned with Patrick interviewing with them, you know, they're a young team. They have gone through, you know, the quote unquote process the last couple of years of trying to rebuild their franchise after losing Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. Got a lot of t- young talent on that team and hoping to add more young players. And they're a team that maybe could be a little bit more patient with a young player like Patrick and allow him to develop at his own pace. Talking with our guy, Chris Montra, College Basketball News. Follow him on Twitter as well at College BB News. Uh, Chris, when we talk about Johnny Davis, this is another one. I was looking at a mock draft, uh, the Badger, uh, on CBS Sports. They had him falling all the way to the Bucks uh, at 24. We looked at a couple of other drafts, uh, mock drafts, and they had a mid to late lottery. Uh, what do you think of Johnny Davis and where he ends up? Yeah, I think Taco Bell would be very disappointed if you were a later pick because I saw his commercial the other day. I don't know if you saw that, where he's at lottery getting his name called, but it is called away when he hears the Taco Bell, you know, jingle or whatever. Uh, obviously, a very talented player. You know, being in Big Ten country in Minnesota, you know, he was one of the key reasons Wisconsin had a somewhat surprising year how well they played after losing a lot of players, but had a great year. Really made big strides from his freshman to his sophomore year. Does everything well. Maybe doesn't stand out one any one area, but I think he definitely is probably a little more of a higher pick than the 24. Obviously, if you're Milwaukee Bucks, you're going to jump to the phone and and run fast to make sure you get that name in. A uh, very talented player. I think he's probably more of a top 10, top 12 pick, to be honest. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. And, and we were talking to, you know, we don't know if the Bucks will keep that pick at 24 or not. Uh, and there's two lines of thought, right? So John Hammond, Bucks team, it was swing for the fences, try to hit a home run. Brandon Jennings, Larry Sanders, Giannis, and going for those project type players, John Henson, those type of guys. Then there's the Bucks recently, who haven't done as well in the draft, but that DiVincenzo pick, that was a, a, a move for now, a, a more seasoned, developed type player that fits what you're looking for and, and plugs a hole as a shooter off the bench that can do some stuff. I'm not sure that worked out all that well either. Now I think they're in a position... Uh, having won a championship and, and knowing what this roster looks like, where they can go either way. I think they're they're good enough where they can develop a guy in the end of their bench or possibly send him to a G League with this pick at 24 that's got a bunch of upside uh, for when they are, are done paying Chris Milton or Drew Holiday. Uh, or they can go for the, the now guy to come in and, and try and play right away. The issue I have is 
The one area where they really could use some help probably is that center position where Brooke Lopez is going the last year of his deal. But as far as seven-footers go, there's just not a lot to pick from here in the first round down at pick 24. Yeah, definitely. Size is always, you know, uh, going to be a premium, even though the NBA has changed so much with players, you know, that are big players that maybe in the, you know, 10, 15 years ago would have been highly considered. But now, because of, you know, the game being such a perimeter game, being such a three-point game, you know, big men have been phased out a little bit. Although you look at this year, you had still had, you know, Nikola Jokic, who was, you know, MVP, Joel Embiid. Obviously could have been, I think. You could have argued those two. Carl Anthony Towns out of Minnesota had a great year. So still a lot of big men, but you're right. That would be a need, but can you find a player that is going to help you? Because usually big men, usually in normal drafts, go a little bit higher than they maybe should just because everybody's looking for size, even though centers maybe aren't as used the same way they have been in the past. But you're right. I think if they could get somebody who could maybe step in fairly quickly, obviously Milwaukee has to feel, you know, if Middleton doesn't get hurt, they're hopefully still playing now. So you're right. It's a little bit of a fine balance. Do you get a younger player that you can maybe groom who could be a replacement for some of your players in a year or two? Or do you get that plug-in guy who can maybe step in a little more quickly and help you for next year when you think you have another chance to get back to the NBA Finals? Uh, The top of this draft, obviously, is pretty well set uh, with some of these guys, right? So Chad Holmgren's going to be up there. Jabari Smith from Auburn, obviously, is going to be up there. Vanchero from Duke, obviously, is going to be up there. I think those are the top three, however you want to shake them up uh, and roll them out. And then I think Keegan Murray from Iowa, uh, Jaden Ivey from Purdue, they're all in that conversation. The one guy that I'm curious about is Shaden Sharp, uh, the shooting guard, who didn't play a game of college basketball, I don't believe, uh, last year uh, for Kentucky. What exactly and how exactly is he evaluated? Because I saw some film from him at the Combine as well. I mean, is that what they're going off of that and watching old high school tape? Yeah, a lot of that. And, you know, being a highly talented high school player, he played in some of the All-Star games so that NBA people can be at. But you're right, he's a player who didn't play in Kentucky. Obviously, they're a, a team, you know, uh, what Calipari sells and does a good job of selling is the fact that we're going to make you ready for the NBA. They, in the past, have even had kind of a combine, their own combine, where NBA people would come in and watch all their players. And obviously the feeling is, even if you're not playing by practicing against other players who are very talented, who are going to be very high picks, you're going to get better. You know, I could argue that you could go to, you know, if you're a Chet Holmgren, who's a Minnesota kid, you know, if you would have gone to anywhere, he still would be highly considered, obviously, by playing at Gonzaga or playing in a Kentucky, Kansas, whatever, you know, playing against great players and being coached by great coaches is going to help you. But, you know, NBA people are going to find you no matter what it is. You know, you look at years ago, obviously, local guys for you, like, you know, you look at Wisconsin, Stevens Point, Terry Porter, you look at Devin George, played at a Division Three school here in Minnesota. Those players were first-round picks and had long NBA careers. So people are going to find you. But you're right. I, I think – this is a, a interesting draft among the top three picks. And I think Chet Holmgren will be an interesting player. He's such a unique player. 7-1, 7-2, can handle the ball extremely well, can shoot outside, but people are going to look at that frame. Thank the you. The question is, if you're Orlando, you already have you know, one of his best friends, Jalen Suggs. Do you draft those two as kind of a combination that you think you could keep in Orlando? Because that's one of the problems the Magic have had. They've had great players like Shaquille O'Neal, other great players, Dwight Howard, but those players have eventually have left. The question is, how much weight can he put on that frame? I mean, that to me, that's really what it comes down to. Like, Giannis was rail thin when he got here from Greece, and you see how much weight he's put on 
and it took a lot of work to get him to that point. I mean, can we expect that they can put that type of weight on that kid's body? Because not everybody's frame is built to carry that much weight. Yeah, definitely. And his dad, who played at the University of Minnesota, he was a seven-foot player himself, and he had a lot of knee issues, didn't really have a great, you know, post-high school career, unfortunately, because of injuries. And you do wonder how much weight he can put on. You look at Giannis as a great example. Obviously, he's, you know, ripped now, but, you know, he's still, you know, compared to a lot of big men in the league, he's still probably a little bit on the lighter side. But, you know, obviously, he's such a great athlete, uses his body well, you know, strong as he can be with, with, with that frame. But you're right, that's the big question mark. He weighs 195, that's what he's listed at, and to be honest, I would think it might even be less than that. So the question is, will he ever be a player that, that eventually can maybe get to 225? You know, you look at Kevin Durant, you know, the knock on him. I remember being at the Chicago Combine and people were doubting him because he couldn't bench press, you know, whatever the listed weight was even once. You know, obviously we see how silly that was because he's, you know, one of the greatest scorers in the league, multi, multi-time MVP. You know, but again, that, that's going to be concerned when you're going to have to guard the Jokic's, the Embiid's, the Carl Anthony Towns, the Gobert's of the NBA. He is our guy, Chris Monter, collegebasketballnews.com. Again, follow him on Twitter at collegebbnews. Great draft uh, coverage there. Chris, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Great talking to you. Look forward to talking down the line as well. You betcha. There he is, Chris Monster on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Applying for home renovation loan as you're feeling anxious, well, breathe. Let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. I've known Chris for years. If you guys know who jo- uh, Jonathan uh, Giovanni is, uh, who does did Draft Express, ESPN brought him in, and he's been doing draft work for uh, them now. So Chris Monster, Giovanni, Myself, Mike Maxey, who was uh, with us uh, doing all those draft shows, always be down to the draft uh, combines and stuff like that and would run into one another, and that's how we got to know Chris Monter back in the day. Uh, All right, our guy, other side of the glass, AR, you said you had some NBA news. What do you got? Yes, per Adrian Wojnarowski, excuse me, ESPN, uh, involving that state, that old Chet Holmgren hails from Minnesota, uh, Nuggets president Tim Conley agreeing to a deal with the Timberwolves, which will make him one of the NBA's highest compensated executives, will sign a five-year, $40 million-plus deal. That includes ownership yep. equity, yep. sources said. That was a big story over the weekend. I was following it. I-, I will simply say, good job, Alex Rodriguez. Whoever thought I'd say that. A-Rod was involved in all this. He was one of the guys that was courting Conley to leave Denver. It's a huge blow for the Denver Nuggets. Huge blow for the Denver Nuggets. And that's a franchise that's trending upward in Minnesota. Yes. And I I don't know what he'll do as far as how to get that thing turned around, but I think that's a great hire by the Timberwolves and one long overdue for that struggling franchise. It's a great move. Sucks for Denver, but great move for Minnesota. Uh, let's go to Baron. You're next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Baron? Yeah, I was calling. I was thinking uh, y'all didn't mention, but we have uh, some homegrown talent in the draft. Mike Foster Jr. That dude. That dude's stock blew up at the combine. So you, so you don't think he'll fall to 24? Um, I don't know. I, I think he's – I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick or not. But I, I'm just saying that he really improved his stock at the combine for sure. People were talking highly of him from everything I was seeing online about how well he was playing. He's definitely going to get drafted. Whether he sneaks into the bottom of one or not, I don't know. Maybe. 
If I was take a look at that kid. Right now, again, we're a month out or whatever, so we'll we'll get more into this as we get closer and see kind of see how far he rises after this combine and some of these mock drafts and so forth and what people are saying. Uh, but he, like I said, he played really well, and I know there are a lot of people high on him. Thanks for the call. Whether or not he ends up bottom of one, I don't know. But but again, see that that is another situation where, as he as he pointed out, this is a young kid. Ton of upside, ability to shoot a little bit, can pass it. He has some nice passes in the video I saw. A couple nice passes. Um, yeah, I mean that's another one that will probably, I would think for sure, be there at twenty four, depending on how much he rises. Remember, if we go back to that Giannis draft, I talked about this last week. He, there was nobody talking about that dude, lottery or otherwise, a month, two months out. He he didn't blow up. As far as skyrocketing up these draft boards until what two, three weeks maybe before the draft, and all of a sudden out of nowhere comes this dude that nobody's name they could pronounce. They're like, "Who is this dude?" And he blew up, and the Bucks ended up taking him. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of teams necessarily uh, that had gone over there, scouted him, and knew anything about him, or did see grainy film of him. Or like, that's too much for a project. I'm not dealing with that, you know. And but came out of the blue and ended up uh, as a lottery pick, sitting there at the draft lottery or at the draft with his brothers out in the stands, uh, hoping to be drafted there uh, on that first night. So, so this uh, mock at NBADraft.net has Foster at uh, 45, which would put him in Charlotte. I, I would guess he goes higher than that after this weekend. And now I don't know when that was updated. NBA Draft.net's been around a long time, too. Uh, May 18th. Yeah, so that was before the combine, I think. Uh, or was it during the combine? I don't know. The combine was last week. Um, but e- either way, I-, I think he may go higher than that because again, you're going to have teams that are going to look at him and-, and take the upside, look at what he did at the combine. Um, and that's all going to come into play. I do think he gets drafted. It's just a matter of how high he gets drafted. You know, the other thing I was thinking about, so in the NFL, you can go backwards, right? And you get your picks or whatever else that never seemingly happens in the NBA. Like you, because it's only two rounds. So you never see a team at 24 scoot back out of the guaranteed money and go, you know what? We'll move back. Some team that has two second round picks. We'll move back, pick at the top of the second, get a middle second or whatever the case may be. Because what that then does is whoever moves up, boom, that's guaranteed money. The Bucks get out of the guaranteed contract. If it doesn't work out or they don't want them, they can cut bait and be gone. Where that first round pick, you can't. Uh, I'm surprised that some teams don't do that. Maybe it's just more difficult to do uh, than I realized. We need to, once the playoffs are done, or once Golden State's eliminated, whatever happens, Golden State's going to be the finals, though, so we'll see. Uh, get, get, I want to get Larry Harris back on, kind of talk about this whole draft process and how this whole thing works um, more in-depth with Larry going forward. All right, take a quick time out and come back after this. Sparty's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Call from Mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sorry's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Toby Altizer in for Rami Makhlouf today. He'll be hosting coming up here at 3 o'clock. And uh, Rami Makhlouf still on vacation. Still in Gulf Shores, Alabama. I texted with him yesterday. How's vacation going? So it's going great. So that's good. So I can't wait to hear uh, of Rami's vacation uh, coming up here. You're going to be taking a vacation coming up soon too, right? Yep. And uh, I'm traveling about as far as he was, but in a little bit different direction. I'm going north of the border. Back, to Canada. Back to Canada. I have not been to the Great White North in a long time. Over 10 years. Never been. Never in my life. Missing out, man. I, I very well could be. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying I've never been to Canada one way or the other. My dad used to go up there fishing with my grandpa uh, back in the day. They would go fishing. Yeah, we used to do, my dad and I, we would go up to way, 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 way northern Ontario. Like I'm talking where it's light out at 10, 10.30 in the summertime. And we would do construction projects on a Bible camp. Oh, there. And in exchange for our mm. blood, sweat, and tears, they would feed us amazing pancakes. And I, Steve, am a pancake connoisseur. Really? You're talking I to didn't the know guy, that was a thing. It is very much a thing. You're talking to a guy who, at nine years old, on a road trip to Yellowstone National Park, stopped by one of those side diners on like an off-road because my dad was looking for something to eat. And we got one of those pancakes that, you know, I'm nine, and this is about from the top of my head down to my chest ate the whole thing didn't even flinch i love pancakes i my grandma gave me a secret pancake recipe and i have the things i learned about you are just yep. amazing and on i this just show. bring them up completely yeah, out of the blue it's fine it's like, go ahead yes yeah so, so yeah. the secret pancake recipe exactly and uh for family reasons i won't divulge the ingredient but I have thought about entering it in competitions. It's that good. It's that good, really. It's that good. 
I didn't know there were pancake competitions. And I'll tell you what, I bet Rami would love these pancakes, but I will only let him have them if he can send video evidence that he goes into the ocean once in his life. Not happening. He's been goaded by our pollsters. He does not care Twitter. enough about pancakes to go into the ocean. But if they're that good. That does not matter. I don't. I, no matter what you offer that dude, he is not going into the ocean outside of money. Maybe somebody could find, give him a financial offer to make it worth his while. Uh, but outside of that, I, I can't imagine there's anything that's going to convince him. I'll go back to this Tim Conley thing. So, uh, as was pointed out earlier, Tim Conley, the Nuggets president to the Timberwolves, the new president of basketball operations, five years, $40 million with a kicker for ownership uh, equity as well. That's a great deal uh, for the Den- for the Minnesota uh, Timberwolves. I have no idea how the Denver Nuggets are going to fix this because uh, it literally, there was nothing they could do, I don't think. Like once Alex Rodriguez got involved and started uh, fine whining and dining and that whole deal, there was nothing you could do. I want to see how they build around Carl Anthony Towns. That's what I want to see. Because you have the Joker in Denver, right? Not saying they're the exact same type of player, but it's still a big guy, plays with his back to the basket, can go outside, shoot a little bit, okay passer, um, doesn't have necessarily the handle, I don't know, of the Joker, uh, but but still a big that now you can build an offense around similar to what you did in Denver, even though they never won a championship, they never got to the finals or anything of the sort in Denver. Uh, and this dude's getting paid like he did something. He built Denver. He uh, did a great job. Jamal Murray was a great draft pick. Joker, like Michael Porter, coming off that back injury. He gambled on him, and he's been hurt through the whole thing. But either way, he gets credit for that. So I get it, like why you would want him. I understand all of that. But again, he didn't win a championship. I mean, this isn't John Horst. He won a championship. Tim Conley didn't win Jack. Nothing. And now it's all on him because I'm sorry. If I'm a Timberwolves fan, I see y'all are paying this dude $8 million a year and you're giving him part ownership. I'm expecting playoffs every year and I'm expecting a shot at the conference finals at least once every few years at this point if I'm a T-Wolves fan. It's crazy to think because the expectations for this organization have not been as high gumming off this past year, I think, in a long time. And it's funny, I actually found a little nugget for you while we were in that last break related to this Timberwolves team and comparing where they are now to where they were about 25 or so years ago. This nugget comes to us from the NBA on TNT. This is from uh, 1994 featuring the voice of one Ernie Johnson, Milwaukee yeah. native, and uh, talking about the last time the Timberwolves at that point could have moved to New Orleans, Louisiana. The owners of the Minnesota Timberwolves are selling the team to a group led by top rank of Louisiana, Bob Arum's boxing empire, for $152.5 million. And the team will move to New Orleans. All of that must be approved by the NBA, of course, but if and when that approval is given, the team will play next season at the Superdome while a new arena is built, so the NBA, it seems, will return to New Orleans. And eventually they would, just not then. No, just not then. That never ended up happening. Uh, Sham Sharani is saying the Denver Nuggets general manager, Kelvin Booth, is now expected to assume lead basketball operations role for the franchise. Significant belief in Booth inside the organization. The former NBA vet is well-respected. It's a rising executive across the league. Of course, the former NBA big man, Calvin Booth, played at Penn State, if memory serves correct. This is the other thing, if you've been following Darvin Ham, it appears Darvin Ham, Bucks assistant, is a front runner to be the new Lakers head coach. 
there's only one hitch in the giddy-up. There's still several people that think that Doc Rivers has a chance of ending up getting traded to the Lakers uh, from Philadelphia uh, and becoming the Lakers head coach instead of Darvin Ham. My thought is this. Jeannie Buss, if you're listening to Sparky's Midday Madness on the Odyssey app. First, hello. Hi. Thanks for listening. Tell Phil I said hi. This, this is my thing. Go get Doc. Just go get Doc. Don't mess around with Darvin Ham or anybody else that has not been a head coach before and throw that dude to the wolves to go deal with LeBron. Like, just, that's just, just don't do it. Now, I'm not trying to screw Darvin Ham out of a job necessarily, but let somebody that's dealt with a bunch of egos once, twice, almost every stop he's been at, going back to KG and Ray Allen and Rondo and Pierce. Uh, and then with the Clippers, with Kawhi and those guys, Paul George, Doc's dealt with Eagles his whole career. Go get Doc Rivers. If that's a thing, call up the Sixers. Hey, man, what do you want? Let's get this done. And then let the Sixers hire Darvin Ham to go run Philadelphia if that's what they want to do. Do not, do not put an assistant coach that's never been head coach in position to have to deal with LeBron James. That's t- and again, if you're Darvin Ham, you take it. You've always wanted to become a head coach. You have a guy that was the best player in the world, who's still pretty damn good, played pretty damn good at, over the course of the year. Of course. You, if you're Darvin Ham, you say yes. And then probably within the first year of being there, you realize, oh no, what did I do? I didn't realize it was going to be like this. And even if you do realize it's going to be like what it turns out to be, it's going to be too late. You're going to be stuck, and then you're going to be a casualty of war uh, like the last guy. I just And then I see people on Twitter. Oh, they should have just promoted Jason King or Jason Kidd when they had him. He leaves the Lakers team, goes to hell in a handbasket because Jason Kidd left. Uh, it might be some of it, but it's definitely not all of it, folks. I promise you. Take a quick time. I'll come back. We'll talk with Toby Altizer. Here's here for Rami Makhlouf coming up next. Uh, Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals. Get your playoff tickets for Wednesday now. Uh, $10. $10 you can get in to watch that game at Milwaukee Panther Arena. All you have to do is go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Sparky's Midday Madness presented to you by the Milwaukee Admirals here on 1250 AM. The Fan live from the Lakeland University studios offering evening and online master's programs. Learn more at lakeland.edu slash get started. That's lakeland.edu slash get started. Toby Altizer is here. He is filling in for Rami Makhlouf, who's on vacation for a couple more days. Toby here uh, today and uh, tomorrow before Rami returns. Toby Altizer, then will be in for me on Friday, as I am off on Friday on my birthday. So thanks to Toby Altizer for filling in on me for Friday for the big show. Rami takes this hour of madness for me on Friday as well. Toby, what what did you do this weekend? Anything fun? Oh, went to the two of the three Brewers games. Oh, Wearing my Nationals gear, watching them get destroyed. I didn't go yesterday when the Nationals actually won. So you're bad luck for the Nationals. I think it is, because I've been to, I think, five or six Brewers-Nats games throughout the years. I went to like a 4th of July one back in D.C. one year. Um, I went to a couple the year they won the World Series before they turn it around. I went to two this year. I think I've probably been to at least six. I don't think I've ever seen the Nationals beat the Brewers. Good. Even when the Brewers were bad and the Nationals were good. Still never seen it. Eh, it's too bad. 
It's good for the Brewers, though. But either way, all right. So that was a lot of fun. A lot of Nationals fans. Uh, uh, I saw a handful, really, a handful here and there. I mean, most of them just standing down there waiting for autographs, right? Waiting for Juan Soto to sign something. I on Friday night, I waited to see if maybe I could get an autograph. Saturday didn't feel like it, and I guess he signed Saturday, not Friday. So you know how it goes. You missed it. You yeah. missed the boat. It, it was it was a good time though. Uh, met some listeners out, oh. down at the ballpark. Was sitting next to one in the right field bleachers. Nice on Saturday. So a good conversation there. And good. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, sounds like a lot of fun. All right, what do you got coming up on the Rami Show today? Yeah, we're going to recap the the Brewers weekend series against the Nationals, look at some of the things going on from that series, talk about Freddie Peralta and what that means for the team, as well as looking ahead to this road trip, because that's going to be an interesting one. 11 games in 10 days, you're going to get a real good barometer test for this Brewers team against this Padres team that they take on for three, and then the Cardinals for four. So you're going to get a real good glimpse into... If you were still worrying, you know, I haven't seen this Brewers team against good competition, this next week of baseball is a good one for you to watch because you can kind of get an idea of what they'll look like against good teams. And then I saw Bart was getting into, he, he tweeted the Bucks about something, and it was about ticket prices and playoff games because they were talking about the Mavericks game. And I'm wondering if ticket prices have gotten to the point now that it's ruining some of the environments for some of these playoff games. Because it's a little high and some people feel priced out. And, you know, you're experiencing this now with some of the Bucks because yep. season tickets are going up. So sure. some of the diehards that watched them when they weren't very good. Just sports in general. Yeah. I mean, I, and just everything. Sports entertainment, just entertainment in general, right? Whether you're talking about movies, whether you're talking about... Um, sports, uh, and whether it be baseball games or football games or basketball games, whatever. Like the Admirals, I keep talking about this. $10. You yep. get seen Admirals exactly. playoff game against the Wolves on Wednesday night. $10 is not going to get you into no. any professional stadium no. concerning the Packers, Bucks, or Brewers for 10 bucks for a playoff game. Well, it's not happening. Now, for a regular season game, yes, you can probably get in through sure. StubHub for 10 bucks to one of those. No doubt. When you get to the playoffs, man, prices go up and Look, it, it, there's no rule that says everybody get, you know should be able to afford a ticket to a playoff no, game. No, Th- that's not a rule. We don't all have to be able to afford to go. If you can't afford to go, don't go. I don't go. Yeah, so don't go. Well, and that's one Watch of the things on your TV like I do that I think stinks with how sports is going. Is it's so much money that you can't you know get mad at these teams for wanting to make more money. I think you look at the Super Bowl and. The last two years, it's been played at the home field. But do they really have home field advantage? I wouldn't no, say so because it's corporate. Exactly, it's people that have the money to go. It's not Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. fans. A or majority Rams fans of that there. is corporate money. That's when you start talking about the Super Bowl or the national championship game. There's a lot of corporate money involved in those ticket sales and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think it's getting a little bit crazy, but we'll talk about that coming up at 4 o'clock. Tim Allen will join the show at 4.30. We'll do some draft mockery with him. I think we're going to do, last time he was on when I was hosting, we did like well-liked MLB players currently playing. Not necessarily Brewers fans well-liked, but just well-liked. We're going to do the opposite, most hated MLB players. I have a question for you that we talked about uh, with Gary uh, earlier. MLB players social media are they the least interactive of the um, pro sports somebody texted me and said that josh hater is very interactive uh, he can be yeah. tiktok or instagram yep. or something i don't know but like we're talking about um Giannis, who went rolling up to a rocky rococo mm-hmm. and then blew up or whatever right him and his girl and gary was just like well why don't we see that with rogers or with yelich 
I'm like, well, probably a couple different reasons. One, maybe the reaction isn't the same. In Green Bay, people probably see Rodgers everywhere and it's not even a deal anymore. Like, eh, whatever, he's over there having dinner, yeah. whatever. It's not a big deal. Yelich, I don't know how much Yelich goes out. And if Yelich does go out, obviously nobody is taken aback by the fact they saw Christian Yelich. So it doesn't get that same type of media type deal. Plus the conversation the interaction with Christian Yelich, it's probably not the same as it is with Giannis and the reaction that you get from a uh, an athlete. And then he goes, what about, the, Gary brought up, what about the Cy Young guy? Corbin Burns. I said, I bet you money I could take Corbin Burns, drop him in lacrosse at oh, a grocery yeah. store. Nobody would say The only reason wrong. they would recognize him is his hair. Maybe. But like lacrosse, uh, Green Bay, Menominee Marinette, no chance anybody knows him. No. Uh, Wausau, wherever you want to take him across the state and drop him off and go, here you go, come back in a couple days. Tell me how many people come up mm-hmm. to you and talk to you. And you're just your everyday endeavors. No chance. No, I agree. No chance. I think that's partially Major League Baseball's problem, that they've done a poor job marketing their guys. But but see, okay, fine. To a degree, you can say that, but you control your own social media. Giannis controls his own social media. Giannis does the Oreo video. The NBA doesn't promote him doing the Oreo video. said, why don't you do a thing for Oreos, make us some money. Oreos weren't even involved in him. He just did it. The whole button thing that he had with this Mm -hmm. girl a couple years ago on Valentine's Day or whatever it was. That was just him screwing around or whatever. The dad jokes after press uh, after press conferences. Like, he just doesn't take himself seriously and is just a dude. Well, Like, I, I'm not going to live my life differently because of who I am. If I want some damn pizza, I'm going to go give me some damn pizza. Well, and to your point, the most popular, maybe the most popular Green Bay Packer that has nothing to do with his play on the field is Kurt Benkert. And A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon, absolutely. A.J. Dillon is huge. But again, social media. Self-promoted. for gaming and so Mm -hmm. forth. Okay, fine. Dillon for the whole Door County obsession that he's got and how that all plays out. And he is another guy that's very interactive on social media. Very interactive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.